0: Dear God, we we come to you this morning to to worship on on this Sunday morning, Lord. We pray that that your Spirit would be with us as we as we go to your Word, Lord. I pray that we would all see and hear you, Lord. That we would we would be able to understand your Word, understand Jesus's teaching as he as he taught the disciples uh, a model for prayer, Lord. Let us walk away with something that can. Uh, can refine our prayer life, Lord, as we as we study these few verses. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first piece I came to in, in this uh, Shorter Catechism was question number 98. Question 98 in the Shorter Catechism says this. It says, what is prayer? And it tells us that prayer is offering our desires to God in the name of Christ for things that agree with his will confessing our sins and thankfully recognizing his mercy mercies so when we engage in prayer there are two things we want to consider we want to consider first of all that we do have access to God right that that's a big deal that we have access to God and then we want to consider the fact that that God is willing to hear our prayer. And that God really does want to want to help us. He's ready to, to hear our prayer. He wants to help us. He's inclined to give us aid. He calls us to come to him in prayer. So what is prayer? We, we see that. The next question was question 99 from the Shorter Catechism. And then it says, how does God direct us to pray then? The whole word of God, but especially the Lord's Prayer, which Christ taught his disciples, directs our prayers. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. And, and there's also um, a bit of the Lord teaching, teaching the disciples to pray in Luke, but we're going to, we're going to look at the Matthew uh, piece here too. So if you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And this is part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus was teaching the disciples. So chapter 6, starting at verse 7, Jesus says this, he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. But deliver us from evil. And we could all probably recite that scripture, right? I I look back and I think, wow, that's probably the first several Bible verses that I learned, and I never even knew it when I learned it, right? It was a prayer that I was taught, and I would go every week to church, and I would say those those Bible verses, and I didn't even know that I, I knew Bible verses, right? and i was and i would repeat it and repeat it and sometimes when i would say a prayer i would say it but did i really know what i was saying so as we go through this here i'm going to i'm going to kind of divide it up into two two sections here two two divisions when we look at the uh at the first part of it here we're going to see that it's it's almost set up like that, like the law the lord's 10 commandments right jesus is saying Jesus is saying here in the, in the beginning, there's six petitions in, in the Lord's Prayer. and the first three, it's all about giving glory and honor to God. Same thing with, with God's Ten Commandments, right? The first four are all about what? About God, about his holy name, about, about honoring the Sabbath day, about no images. It's all about giving glory and honor to God. Same thing here in the Lord's Prayer. These first three petitions are all about giving honor and glory to God. And then in the second division, second three petitions here, we're going to see it's all about us and our salvation, our needs, what we need for us. So we're going to kind of look at it in two different, uh, two different divisions here. So I find it interesting, too, I, I threw in those verses 7 and 8, and I probably could have even went back a few verses, but what Jesus is saying here is... They asked him how to pray, and, and that's more in Luke, where the, when they went to Jesus and said, well, teach us how to pray. And I, I started thinking, now, if I was hanging with Jesus, I might ask him something like, how do you walk on water? How do, you, how do I change water into wine? But, but these disciples saw the root of, of what, what made Jesus who he was, and it was his connection with the Father. They wanted to know how to pray. They said, teach us how to pray. And before Jesus teaches them how to pray, what does he do? He says, well, let me tell you first, this is what you don't do. Right? He says, you don't just go, uh, it's really a couple of verses before, you don't go stand on street corners and, and babble words and, and look good because you, you know what? You're going to get your reward from men, not from God. So what he's saying here is, is, when you pray, we don't just spurt out empty words, we don't do repetition. And I'm not saying repetition is bad, because how did I, how did I learn these verses, right? By repeating them. So I'm not, I'm not putting down repetition, but when we pray to God, it can't be a matter of repetition. It's got to it's come from the heart. We've got to know what we're saying to the Lord when we pray it. So Jesus first tells them how not to pray. And then he says in verse 9, he says, pray then like this. And and he uses the word like. He didn't say pray this. Use these words. He says pray then like this. And again, we're going to see the six petitions that, that, that the Lord teaches the disciples on how they should pray. And the first one is, he says, our Father in heaven. So what does the beginning of the Lord's prayer teach us? That would be question 100 from the catechism. It says, it teaches us to draw near to God with complete holy reverence and confidence as children to a father who is able and ready to help us. It also teaches that we should pray with and for others. So we are able to call God Father because of Jesus Christ, right? John 1.12 says, but to all who received him, who believe in his name he gave the right to become children of god so right there our father in heaven is is an honor for some not all not all can call god father right only those who put their faith in jesus christ and what he done on the cross are able to call god father right calling god father is only half though of what the goodness is right Calling God Father is is half the next piece. Who art in heaven shows us this this majestic uh, splendor of God. Our Father is in heaven. Our Father is above all things. And, And our Father rules and controls all things. Everything beneath him has been created by our Father. We, along with everything that we see and touch, is creation. Our Father is ahead of all that. Psalms one fifteen says, one fifteen three, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And I, I I bring bring more to the table here as Jesus Jesus says our Father in heaven, but God Himself says this in Jeremiah twenty three, verse twenty four. God says, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? declares the Lord. Do I, do I not fill heaven and earth? declares the Lord. It just gives you a a glimpse of how big our God is. Again, the creator of the universe. So we call out to our God, our God that's in heaven, the great, the great advantage that we have there. And, and that could almost strike a bit of fear in you. And, and it should strike reverent fear in you, but it shouldn't strike the fear of being afraid of God. He is our Father. He does call us to, to come to come to him. But we must have that reverence when we do come to our Father in heaven. He is God. He is the creator of all things. And now we come to the, uh, the first petition, the first request that Jesus tells us to call upon the Father. And that's question number 101 in the, in the catechism. It says, for what do we pray in this first request? Where it says, hallowed hallowed be your name. It says, we pray that God will enable us and others to glorify him in everything he uses to make himself known. And that he would work out everything to his glory. So to hallow the name of God means that we give God all the glory and honor that is due to him, right? Right? we look at uh, we look at hallowing his name I, I i again go back to to god's law the third commandment right do not use the lord's name in vain we we should take that name hallow hallow the lord's name what is what does that word even mean we don't even use that in our in our language and i i think that's a good thing because when i when i say this prayer when i use that word hallowed i think it it should it should be separate just for my god right it is His name that that is hallowed. It is God's name that is above all things, and I think too of first century here when Jesus is teaching this. I know we give names to to our kids, and sometimes they're after named after uh, biblical favorites of ours and things, and the name means something. My name Gary. I I have no idea why Mom and Dad call me Gary, but but in first century it was it was pretty important, right and. In Emmanuel, right? Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew, who wrote this gospel, a gift, a gift from God, a gift of God is what, what Matthew meant. So your name showed your character, your attributes. When, when someone would say someone's name, it, it, it kind of signified who they are, identified who they are. So when we hallow the name of God, we should be thinking of all the characteristics that God is, all the attributes that he holds And if we go to the prayer and we start doing that, we could be there all all day thinking of all the greatness that God is. So we hallow God's name, he says. And he's saying in this request that that all would hallow God's name. In verse 10, it says that your kingdom come. So we're praying that, that Christ's kingdom would come, God's kingdom would come. And this brings us to question 102 from the catechism question 102 says this. It says, in the second request, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed, that the kingdom of grace may be advanced with ourselves and others, and that's an important part, with ourselves and others brought into and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory may come quickly. So first here, we must look at what what is the kingdom of God, right? Right? We know that God rules. He rules everything, right? God is majestic, way above everything, created everything. It says the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules all over. Psalm 103, 19. But the kingdom of God is also spiritual. So let's first look at the spiritual side of of God's kingdom, right? Jesus, Jesus said his kingdom was not of this world. And we look at John 18.36, Jesus says here, he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. And he's preaching here. He preaches then that that there's repentance is, is necessary to be a part of his kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, from Matthew 4. And then Jesus is talking here to to Nicodemus in in John 3. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says to him, he says, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And, And Jesus answers, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this request, this petition that that Jesus says we should pray for, your kingdom come. There's also another side to it, and I I don't have the verse up there, but 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says that, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So as we all know, there are the righteous and unrighteous here among us, and we're praying that the kingdom of God, and, and what Jesus is telling us to pray, that God's kingdom would come down. Right and we we could think of it in two ways now, because his kingdom is here, when we submit to the authority of God, we 're submitting to his kingdom, right? We are under the the lordship of of our king, God, yeah, we follow the rules our our federal laws and our our local laws, but our ultimate authority is our true king, Jesus, so his kingdom is here it 's here with us in our hearts. the kingdom. The kingdom of God can come now to those who don't know Jesus. And that's what we're praying for. That God, that God only God can do it through his spirit. But we too play a, a part in this, right? Because how does someone know the gospel? They hear it. And what did God command us? What did Jesus command us to do before he ascended back into heaven? Where he sits now at God's right hand. He commanded us to go and tell people the good news. And baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we play a little bit of a part in this as we we petition God that his kingdom may come. His kingdom may come now to all. And then of course we're looking forward to that day when Jesus will, will finally come. And judgment will be done. And his kingdom will be here forever. The next... The next piece is your will be done. And this brings us to your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the third request, the third petition. And the catechism says this. In this request, we pray that his grace, that his grace, God would take, would God would make us have the capability and will to know, obey, and submit to his will in everything as the angels do in heaven. So your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we get a glimpse of that through scripture, of what heaven's like. The angels bowing down, saying, holy, holy, holy. It says in Psalms 103.20, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones, who do his word, obeying his his voice of his word. That's what we're, we're, we're petitioning for here: that your will, God, would be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. So, in this prayer that your will be done, we're asking God, let it be now. That we're longing for this this this, this heavenly this heavenly atmosphere here, right on our earth now. So, in these first three petitions, we see that. Again, we're, we're looking at the, the majesty of God and, and what it's like for God in heaven. That's what God deserves. That's what God wants it to be, and, and it will be that one day. But, but my principle, my, what I get out of these first three petitions, my, my main thought is that I need to remember this. I need to remember who he is when I pray and who I am, Right? who God is and who I am. That's how I need to come to God in prayer. That's what I feel Jesus is telling me this here. And so often I think I can go to God and, you know, like he's my my brother or my buddy and say, hey, what's up? Listen, I'm heading to work. I only got a few minutes here, so let's get this done. Here's the checklist I got for you, God. And that's sometimes how I come to God in prayer. Or something comes up and it's real quick and, okay, whoa, I need you now. But that's not how Jesus is telling us that we need to come to God. We need to, we need to hallow the name of God. We need to understand the, the majesty of our God when we come to God. We need to, to advance his kingdom. We're asking God to, to, to bring down his kingdom to all. But, but, but what am I doing for that? There's three petitions we give here to our holy, majestic king of kings... But ask yourself this, what are you doing to hallow the name of God? How are you addressing God in prayer when you go to God? How many times have you gone to God and, and just, again, kind of like, like me, where I just talk to him like he's one of you? And I do respect you, but how often are we doing that? How, what am I doing to advance his kingdom? I'm saying, God, come down, advance your kingdom. Bring it down now, God. What am I doing to advance it? Jesus told me to advance his kingdom. How often am I doing that? How intentional am I about about letting others know about God's kingdom? And then what about submitting to his will? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let this happen. but, But how many times do I not submit to God's will? How many times do I intentionally know that's where God wants me, that's what God wants me to do, and I say, no, I'm going to do this. Why? Because I'm going to get forgiven. Because I'm going to go to that other petition where where I'm forgiven for my sins. So looking at these first three petitions, I see I play an important part in this too. I have this majestic God. I must hallow his name, but I also must look at what Jesus is teaching them, and understand how it, how, it, how it cuts into my heart. Where am I playing a part in, in all these petitions? Now in these next three petitions, we'll see, again, is verses 11 through 13, they have more to do with me and my walk and, and my petitions to God to help me, my salvation. Verse 11, it says, Give us this day our daily bread. And so again back to the to the Westminster shorter catechism it says what are we praying in this fourth request We're praying that we may receive an adequate amount of good things in this life as a free gift of God and that with them we may enjoy his blessings Now I found it I found it a bit uh different that different the word, that Jesus would put down our request to be those things of our daily needs rather than forgiveness of sins. I always thought, well, shouldn't that come first? But I don't want to certainly argue with Jesus in the order that he put his requests in here. So he says here now in, the, in this fourth request that we, we are to ask God for our daily needs. And, and we know that the Lord will, will give us what we need, right? There's, there's plenty of scripture. Jesus says in John sixteen twenty-three, he says, Truly, truly I say to you, whatever you ask for of the Father in my name he will give to you. So we ask God our daily needs, and and I think about this in you know, it talks about uh it talks about bread here, and and we certainly know um, at the Exodus, when they came out of Egypt, what did God provide them with? What was their their daily need? The daily manna that came down, right? And it was just day by day that they were provided for by God. And and in uh, in Jesus, when He's teaching the disciples here, first century, one of the one of the primary foods of their diet was bread. And I think today we look, and probably most of us, whether we think we have a lot or not, we could probably go home and survive with what we got for for a week, if not much longer. So our daily needs, it could kind of be, we can kind of get lost in this when, in, in our world today. But I think we should still go to God and, and know that those things we have are all from God and they could be gone tomorrow. So our daily needs are, are still there. And we still need direction from God. We still need to go to God every day and not just assume that that it's all mine. You got me covered now, God, for a while. Just went shopping, I'm good. I'll hit you next week when, when I need more. That's not what Jesus is calling us to do here. And in the next petition, now this is when when Jesus calls us to God to, to forgive us our sins. In verse 12 it says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Again, back to the catechism. It says this, what we request in this fifth request is is that we are encouraged by God's grace which makes it possible for us sincerely to forgive others we pray that for Christ's sake God would freely pardon all our sins so we know that sin is what caused the separation in the first place with man and in God I look at Isaiah 59 verse 2 it says but your iniquities your sins they have made a separation between you and God and your sins have hid and your sins have hidden his face from you so that so that he does not hear you so we should always be seeking forgiveness of our sins right so that we can be heard by God so that we can be made clean by God and anyone who thinks they don't accumulate sins day by day. Probably needs to, to evaluate themselves, right? Paul says here, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I think all Christians know that. They would admit that. But Jesus is telling us here, you need to come to God and ask for forgiveness. We need to clear up the slate before we go to God, right? Before we come to God. We need to clear up the slate, not just assume that he's got it taken care of. All of our sins are forgiven, yes. But bring them to God. Bring them to the table. We know, too, that as long as we're in the flesh, we're going to struggle with sin. I, I really like what, what Paul says here. It's, it's, he says, for, for the mind, it says Romans 8, 16, for the for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So when we're coming to God, we're setting our mind on God and the Spirit. We're praying, asking him to forgive us our sins. That's where we receive that. we, We get rid of that guilt. We get rid of that sin and we receive that peace. We're in the Spirit. We're with God. And then finally, in this sixth request, we say this. We say, Jesus teaches us this. He says, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. So one more time, back to the catechism here. What are we uh, praying in this one? We pray that God would either keep us from being tempted to sin, or support and deliver us when we are tempted. So again, from that fifth petition, right, when we're asking for forgiveness of sins, I think being a Christian... We all acknowledge the fact that we do sin, right? And where does sin come from? We're tempted every day from sin. Again, back to what, what Paul has to say here. Romans seven eighteen b says, I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. So us as sinners in the flesh, we know what's right, right? So many times we, we'll look back and say, why did I do that? I, Why why did I make that choice when I I know what was right? I know where God wanted me to go, but yet I still did it. And Paul struggled with the same thing. It's because we're in the flesh. And Jesus knew that. That's why he's saying "You, you need to go to God. You need an intercessor. You can't do it. You still carry around that flesh with you while we're on this earth. So he's saying pray to God. Ask for intercession. Ask him to take away any temptations. To take away the devil, the evil one, right, so in this petition we're we're acknowledging the fact that we don't have the strength without God to to walk away from sin and to get temptation out of our life. We still have to walk in this world, and again, what James says here in james one fourteen he says. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is a life of peace. So the, the point we're getting here through these, through these teachings and in, in these, these other scripture pieces is the more we set our mind on God, the more we're in prayer exercising our faith, the more we're going to be at peace, the more we're going to have joy. And, and I keep seeing this in prayer, right? When I'm in prayer, I'm probably not going to sin. When when I have my mind set on God, I'm probably not going to sin. The more I train my mind, the more I'm in his word, probably the less power that temptation is going to have on me. So in these second three petitions then, my my principle or my, my truth that I get out of this, for me, is never fall into the trap of saying, God, I've got this. Right? I, I, I've done this, and, I, and I, I, look at, I look at these teachings that Jesus gave us, and again, so many times have I read this, so many times have I rattled off this prayer, but until I really dug into it and, and, and prayed on it for God to reveal to me some more about this, did I not understand it? It's Jesus. It's God himself teaching us how to pray, giving us a, a format on how to pray. But sometimes I I just say I got it on my own. And I could think of times, probably especially in in my business life, where I thought, well, what I do, I've been doing it for 35 plus years. I'm I'm fairly successful at it. And so, God, when have you ever done this? You know, I I don't know if I have that attitude. But then I get down a bad road. And what do I do? I call God and say, whoa, I, I think I made a bad choice here. Can you help me out? And I look back and I say, well, how did I get here in the first place? I I didn't seek God's wisdom. You know, I I thought I had it. I've done this a thousand times. So it teaches me to to never say, I've got this one, God. Never say nothing's happening today. Nothing's had a pretty easy day. It's a Sunday, right? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go home, Relax. I don't, I don't have a checklist for you today, God. I pretty much got this. I, I don't need to come to you in prayer today. And then I think about this too. How is, is, a, is a child coming to a father or a mother? How awesome is that when your kids come to you and ask you for advice and you're able to help them? It's a great feeling. That's what the father wants us to do. He wants us to come to him in prayer. I, I, again, I go back to that that quote, you know, that quote by Calvin, exercising and building up our faith. God's calling us to do this, and and so often we we either nonchalantly pray to God, or we do it on our terms in our time. And the thing is, our Father. I talked about the kids. Sometimes now my kids will call me for advice, and I don't have it. They're you know about school or something, and they're a little bit above me now where I ever got in school, but the Father in heaven is never, we're never going to reach his level. He's always there for us. So again, prayer is the chief exercise of our faith. So I would challenge you then, answer these questions to yourself. How often are you exercising your faith through prayer? How diligently are you you praying? How much do you even consider prayer? Is Is it a checklist for you? Are you doing it for God or you? Because it don't benefit God when we pray. But it sure does benefit us when we pray. So how often are you exercising your prayer life, your faith? How confident are you even that God hears you? You feel like you're talking to yourself, or, or are you hallowing the name and in, in considering the attributes and characters, characteristics of the God that you're praying to? And then here's the challenge then. And I think we can all do this, whether we're the toughest prayer warrior or not. What can you do to make your prayer life better? Right? Maybe, it's, maybe it's find a better spot to pray. Maybe it's to actually put down a time you're going to pray and and give God a little more time than just, you know, right before you walk out the door or something. But be intentional. Think about it. Does, does, Does God deserve just a little bit of my time? Yeah, probably. Right? Of the 24 hours in my day, how much time do I spend doing useless things? So I think I could find some solid time to give God... But take some of these things, and and am I hallowing the name of God when I pray? Maybe that's going to be something that I'm going to start doing now. Take what what Jesus taught us here, and take one of these pieces. Am I going to pray for his kingdom to come? Am I going to just take one of these things to refine my prayer life, to make it that much better, to exercise my faith, to make my prayer life that much better? Take one of these things that we've, we've talked about today that Jesus has taught us, And apply that to your prayer life. And just make your prayer life just that much better. And see how that goes for you. How that works for you. Again, I think that's what would please the Lord. Right? Jesus taught this. And here we are. Here I am, I should say. And I I hope you too are finally starting to get something out of it. After all the times I've read it and said it. You know, it took me all this time to finally dig in and get something out of this. And it was taught again by God himself. So I challenge you again, take something that that Jesus is teaching here, apply it, apply it to your life, to your prayer life, and see how that strengthens your prayer life. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Father, we thank you for your your word. We thank you for your teaching. And we, we so often, Lord, overlook